Welcome to Ego Netcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Ego Netcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Today I'm talking to Pierre Dubois and he's the founder of Simana, a small business analytics consultancy that reviews data from web analytics and social media dashboard solutions for profitability, improvements in marketing, web development and business operations. Simana has provided services for small and medium businesses from many industries. Simana has also provided analytic workshops for groups such as uh, YCEYA Network in New York City and Blue 1647, a business incubator in the Pilsen neighborhood of Chicago. Hi, uh, Pierre. How are you doing? Good. Hi, hi, Martin. I'm just fine. It's a yeah. pleasure to be here. You're welcome. Great to have you here. And uh, with this, could you um, explain the acronym there on this network in New York City? Y-C-E-I, what's that? Oh, oh that is actually, that's Y-C-E-I. Yeah, um, Y-C-E-I. It is a, a business network um, um, that I had the opportunity to prepare uh, three workshops on analytics. Okay. Um, it was one of the first ones I, I did while in New York and had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I've done a couple of workshops. Um, I just recently, the blue, you mentioned about Blue 1647. Uh, that's, that's in the Chicago area, which is where I'm currently based. Um, they're in the Pilsen neighborhood, and I have the opportunity to do workshops as well there, too. And I, I, In fact, it's, it's, that's become so popular that I'm actually uh, prepping uh, packages now for uh, workshops um, one-on-one as well as just groups um, who are interested in learning about analytics and not so much learning about it, but also learning and trying to figure out how to incorporate that within their organizations. So, Great. so that that's a little that's a little bit of spiel there. So I apologize yeah, that's for the. Uh, and but, that's no so. problem uh, because you are the guest. And but talking about uh, that Pilsen is that coming the word from uh, Pilsen like the beer in in uh, that you have in Czechoslovakia or Czech. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I, I know it's a it's a neighborhood in the um, it's not far from downtown Chicago. It's a um, it's an older Hispanic neighborhood, um, um, uh, but has been been kind of been going through a renaissance in the last few years in particular. Uh, yeah. The gentleman who's done the incubator, um, Emil, um, has been uh, really taking a big lead in trying to um, uh, revitalize. Uh, Pilsen through um, through the Blue 1647. It's a, it's a business incubator started by Emil Cambry. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really it's been a lot of fun to you know talk to them from time to time. But I've worked with a lot of people all over the place uh, uh, over the last five years. Yeah, I think definitely they should have their own beer, a Pilsen beer. Do you <laughs> do you drink beer yourself? Um, <laughs> I do on occasion. Sometimes I've been a Jack Daniels person. Yeah. Um, I just recently, when I was in D.C., um, a friend of mine, we had a, we had fun with Jack Daniels honey. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I tend to, but I tend to, I, I don't drink all the time. Once in a while, I'll drink wine. Um, Beer-wise, I don't really have a big, big favorite mm-hmm. off the bat. But to be honest with you, most of the time I've ever drank anything is really just kind of been more or less connecting with people. Yeah. That's more important to me down the line. Yeah. Um, is just connecting and talking to people as much as possible. Yeah, the social aspect of it, and and I think uh, Brooklyn Beer Company have uh, become very popular here in in Sweden and Europe. I think. And, oh wow! Okay. Uh, so and I I read on a very fascinating uh, entrepreneurial story how they started and uh, what we did with with the marketing and how they connected to the uh, the beer uh, connoisseurs and drinkers and and promoted their brand. So. That's fascinating. And uh, talking about uh, this kind of thing on marketing, I will read from your Twitter profile here on Semana Analytics. uh, And need new ideas for your small biz on hashtag. I develop marketing strategies, dashboards from web and social media analytics data. Google, search engine uh, monetization or marketing, um, search, 
Gary, Indiana, Chicago, New York, online. You're all over the place, and you have like 3,155 followers, and you follow about 2,700. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's very accurate. Yes, and, and, and as an analyst person, I see that your numbers are right. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. And talk about that. Can't we um, now see more uh, analytics on Twitter? We have access to that. I haven't used it myself yet. Uh, have you checked into that, uh, the Twitter analytics on your dashboard? Actually, I've been looking into that quite a bit. Um, there's a couple dash um, uh, analytics tools I've been trying to look into. That one and then Tableau also, which is separately, that's a dashboard that... Um, has been traditionally available for the uh, Windows um, and then available cloud. They just introduced a, a Tableau for the Mac, and I'm actually getting ready to um, play around with with a with a sample tool for that. Um, but Twitter Analytics, to your question, um, it's probably been a long time coming for them to, to have a, a analytics platform. But they, it's a smart move. Um, they're doing more with remarketing, and let me explain hmm. that real quick. Um, you can do Twitter ads. Um, there's now a feature that lets a Twitter ad kind of appear or reappear based on um, the quality of tweets, the algorithm that's used, um, kind of in a remarketing format, very similar to Google, uh, which currently has remarketing. And I think Bing does, but I'd have to double check. Actually, take that back. Scratch, scratch that. Google does, Bing does not. Hmm. Um, so... Um, but at least not yet. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. that's coming from Bing. They will do it so, after listening to you, right? So yeah, yeah, they probably are. They're probably they're like, okay, scramble, let's get it done. <laughs> um, but to Twitter, so the Twitter analytics, they've there's been analytics tools before. There's Crowd Crowd Booster, for example, um, which helps you to go back and look at um, where people have engaged. Twitter, I think, needed the analytics to tie in with the ads. That's usually a, a big trigger for analytics. Yeah. And um, um, it's a little different than a crowd booster. A crowd booster will let you know engagement and maybe how your crowd has been trending over time and let you see it in a graphical sense. Uh, Twitter analytics covers um, the engagement part plus also allows you to see how your ads are doing. Huh. So it's a little bit more like a blended version of Google Analytics for Twitter okay. um, and CrowdBooster in some ways. Yeah. That, that's just my initial impression. That's interesting um, uh, and uh, yeah. fine with me. And if you have any, I mean, written any blog posts on Swiss, that, that could be interesting because I think it's pretty new and fresh and you wonder what Twitter is up to because I've seen uh, this marketing and ads, uh, but it's not widespread. It's not on every market yet, or is it? Because I have, I have a challenge uh, uh, for myself, like following uh, more than uh, 4,000, but, mm -hmm. but I have uh, less than 4,000 following me. Uh, and then you, when you hit the Twitter follow limit r rule or, or so on, you can't follow more uh, new tweets uh, on your Twitter users. So, well, I think I think the the, the advantage I think there's and I was thinking of putting an ad then, but I couldn't figure out well, how much it does it cost. Is it on my mark? Is it on the European market or Sweden mm -hmm. uh, yet? Uh, and it was hard to to find out that. Uh, and I don't know if uh, that will be any good. I mean, yeah, uh, return so, on investment on that. Well, let, well, let's let's take a couple of these uh, bit by bit by yep. time. Basically, that's that's kind of how I approach it. The, Great. The, the, the short answer to your question is the Twitter ads are very similar to uh, Google AdWords and Bing. Um, you'll mm -hmm. find that, and that's, and also, and let's throw Facebook ads in there as well because that's kind of there's a similarity in them in terms of structure. Mm -hmm. um, the difference, though, is is how the ads are distributed. If you look at Google ads and Bing ads, those are being distributed through a search engine. They're there to help um, augment your footprint as a business owner um, within search. So if I had a set of Google ads around a particular subject um, you know, that somebody is searching for, then the idea is, is that in a search query, the, the ad plus, the, plus maybe my site description will appear. That gives me a larger footprint on the, on the uh, search result. The advantage for your business is that people see that and um, they usually respond to it or will probably click on that link to get to your site and contact your business. That's traditionally been the approach of um, 
where where um, digital ads have, or digital search ads have been involved um, over the last several years. But what's happened recently with Google and Twitter is that Google and Twitter ads work on a different algorithm. A Facebook ad works based on the um, um, let's say the uh, preferences or the um, uh, or the activities that people like. So if I'm if I like frisbees. Okay, and you're a frisbee manufacturer, oh. and I, um, uh, you know, I repost or um, or comment on having fun in the park, throwing my frisbee around. Your ad will probably show in the in the right side of a Facebook page, um, you know, saying, "Hey, oh. get that new frisbee." Yeah. So you see the difference. In, in the first, it's based on search, based off of a search query that I'm doing. Oh. In fate, that's for Google and Bing. For Facebook, it's based off of the, you know, kind of like the, 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 the preferences that you have in terms of what of activity, what you like to do, what your interests are. Now, where Twitter comes in is that it's, it's kind of it's has that, fa- it's a little bit closer to Facebook in there, in that um, it's still based on some interest. But in this case, the algorithm and everything else, obviously, is in Twitter. Um, it's based on, um, you know, commentary that's maybe done around a hashtag, maybe activity around, um, particular subjects, which is when, and, and, and the interest in having that ad is that you're trying to get a larger footprint within Twitter. If you think about that Twitter stream, Hmm. there are a lot of tweets that you're going to see during the day. It's fleeting. So the idea of an ad, um, and images help a little bit too, but focusing on ads, the idea of the ad is that there's something that's highlighted within that feed that you will see. And that's what Twitter is trying to do. Twitter is trying to use ads in a way to help small businesses, or main, main businesses really, um, have a larger footprint within its algorithm. It's the same type of um, approach that, that, that Google and Bing has done, um, but it's just that it's now done within the context of a Twitter feed. Uh, I'm a big uh, Twitter fan and user. I used it in 2007. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the simpli- uh, simplicity of it to use it uh, to follow. As I described Twitter as uh, like a ra- several radio channels that you could listen on and then you could have in the background and you could tune in, tune out and you could do search. Uh, and also with, uh, how do you say, Twitter cards that you now, this podcast, when we put it on Twitter, Twitter, on EgoNetcast, on and Lyceum, and on Simana and Analytics, people could listen directly in the feed. Yes, uh, and that's that's neat. I think. Uh, what, what I have a challenge, and I, I hear directly on on your response and replies that you are, are an expert on this, and I see here that um, from your text that you sent me that the Simana Twitter account, Simana Analytics, was named among the top hundred Twitter accounts for big data by Big Data Republic slash yes. peer index um, hashtag Big Data 100 in 2013 and by CEO World Magazine in 2014. So that's impressive. Thank you. That's actually, and, and the, both were a big surprise. We, um, what I tend to do with, with the Zamana Twitter account is there's is a mix of Zamana blog posts. We actually repost our, our post. Um, oh. Boy, that sounds like a tongue twister. We repost our post. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, pretty much uh, um, um, on, on a regular basis. And that helps uh, followers to kind of, if they miss the, the, the release of a Zamana blog, they can pick it up. We also curate from a number of sources mm. uh, to help people who are trying to also find other information that's related. For example, there's a really good site called Our Bloggers. Uh, it's a it's a really great site dedicated to the R programming. That's the uh, programming language that's used in big data. Mm-hmm. Um, it's open source, and we repost um, a lot of their great content um, as a courtesy to Zamana flo- followers as well. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you'll see um, great posts from um, Melinda Emerson. We've we've reposted stuff from her. Um, we're going to try to tweak it a little bit more to to help help uh, get better exposure for her site. Uh, small business trends, which you know, of course, I've, yep. I've done writing for for um, on the book reviews now for over four years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we posted their stuff as well, and then finally, um, there's sites that I do writing for um, allanalytics.com, um, to, um, solution providers and retail. Um, 
uh, SAAS in the enterprise. These are sites that I've also done blog posts for, and I actually, as a courtesy, will repost a lot of their information as well. So, so when someone comes to a Twitter feed for Zamana, they're getting a mix of curated uh, content and original content created by me. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, when they follow me, they get uh, cat videos, chili pepper tea, uh, philosophical ideas, of course, podcasting, uh, uh, retweets from uh, great services you have mentioned also and others uh, so it is a mix and that's why people some people are not and I understand that Twitter now have gone on a certain level so they have received um, requirements or, or uh, uh, people asking how do I start with Twitter because for me you and me it's pretty obvious that it takes some time and then you get hang of it but it, it's, it could be hard to explain what it really is. Like It's like a cocktail party that you, that you interact in or, or you listen to and you, you watch and you search. Uh, so that will be interesting to see if Twitter will be managed to, to make it even more popular. I, I understand that they got a boost when Opera went on Twitter, right? Yep, and there's yeah. there's been and there's been there's quite a few celebrities that use Twitter yeah. quite a bit. But then uh, you could uh, ask sometimes how they how they are using it, or they maybe they should get some education on that, right? <laughs> yes, it, it can be a um, it, it, it is a uh, blessing and curse in yeah. its own way. Um, and that's the problem we have here in I say in Europe and Sweden, but uh, here still it's like a couple of percent, maybe five. It could maybe be up to ten percent that use Twitter. But it's often polit uh, politicians. Uh, it's like uh, celebrities and uh, and like that, and they uh, create most of the content on in the feed. Oh uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, I, so, I, so so how about the search function? If if I will, I, I talked with that uh, when I interviewed Dan Swords, um, and it's good that you you reblog things and you do it on a now and then because if you do it now. Uh, lots of your followers will not see it, but if you yeah. do it one day later and with another twist or, or add something, it will catch up. But it's a fine line to don't do it too often also. But if I will search for for a, a tweet you did six months from uh, ago, how do I find it in a good way? Uh, in, a, in a good eye, uh, yeah. I see. Um, that's a good question. I have not done a... Um, Usually, what happens is we use a uh, there's a plugin. Uh, we use a WordPress um, uh, dot org um, uh, blog, and then there's a uh, plugin just underneath it called um, um, there's one called Tweet My Old Post mm -hmm. or Tweet Old Post. Mm -hmm. What Tweet Old Post will allow you to do is to um, be able to um, go back and um, um, go back and basically allow you to re it will automatically repost the old post mm -hmm. and you can set the schedule to some degree mm -hmm. um, you can set how far back you can go it does the post and it does it randomly but you can there are settings in there that will let you adjust how far back it, you can go as far as the search that's that's a good question um, I've used um, um, I have not done a search within Twitter if somebody's looking for something. Mm. Uh, usually it's just a matter of, I usually just encourage people to just to follow along and yeah. see if something just catches their eye. And that's usually kind of how it's been. Yeah. Um, that that's it, But I find that it, it helps and develop. And that's the charm with it in a way. Yeah. And it helps develop an audience a little differently um, than on Facebook. We have about maybe 130 people on Facebook. That's not a whole lot, mm -hmm. but I engage with people on Facebook uh, with content different than I do on Twitter. Yep. Um, in fact, we're actually, and we're at a point now where um, uh, for uh, Google Plus, we really haven't done the Google Plus as deep as I would like, but we're looking to come up with more developer oriented postings for Google Plus. Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually coming up. And by doing that, they'll kind of split the uh, subjects a little bit more easily. We get a little bit of a, um, a lot of the analysis that's done has been, um, some of it's based on social media, some of it is based on advertising, so we do get into the paid search, hmm. and then some of it is also based in web development. There's been a big push on JavaScript 
uh, over the last couple of years um, as more than the language of the pop-up window. Um, so there's, there's more doing with apps and there's more things being done in the browser. And, the, and JavaScript has been a choice for um, not only for programming, but also for some branches off of that. jQuery, for example, and JSON. JSON has been the biggest uh, push just because of it's been sharing data. Hmm. So because of that, we're trying to kind of develop our social media properties a little bit more separately, a little bit more distinct, so that way customers and clients and, and followers can have an option among the three, basically. Hmm. That's great. It's lots, mm -hmm. lots of things there to talk about. And uh, I will uh, ask a little bit uh, more about what you're up to at the moment with, with the work projects, with uh, hobbies, interests and so on what's what's up oh what's up well let's see let's it's probably gonna be probably more work than hobby the way everything's yeah. running last couple of that's, years that's there. good to hear good uh, for you the the big stuff i mentioned about um well the big thing is first of all i'm getting ready to do a uh presentation at the chicago small biz expo mm. coming up on october 3rd um so we have listeners who are based in Chicago. They can come on out. It's a free expo, free workshop on uh, Google Analytics and analytics in general. Um, so I'm very excited about that. We're, fi we're finally getting the uh, presentation finalized with spit polish and, and extra polish to make it, make it very special for the uh, attendees. Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently doing uh, some contract work um, through an agency for um, Humana. Mm -hmm. So that I'm very excited about that. Um, and then I'm also doing some development work as well right now too. I'm actually I, I picked up uh, I picked up Ruby on Rails uh, development training earlier this year, hmm. um, and we're trying to kind of work that along with some additional things on JavaScript. Um, uh, so getting very excited to kind of add a little bit of app development um, uh, 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 projects. Um, can't talk too much about it, but they're coming. They're coming along on pretty well. I'm still in the researching yeah. stage of sorts. That's um, in interesting. Uh, I mean, I am not a programmer myself. I did some HTML and and some basics in, back in the day. But how how would you explain to a small business owner uh, Ruby on Rails? Awesome question. Um, basically, Ruby on Rails is an object-oriented uh, programming language, uh, very much like JavaScript. Mm. Um, and the idea with Ruby, uh, the difference I would probably there's some there's some there's a whole lot of different ways of uh, how to use JavaScript and Ruby. Uh, Ruby is basically a very popular programming language. Um, it was made popular by there's a company called Thirty Seven Signals. Uh, yeah. If you've read Small Business Trends, you might remember that uh, that company name from yep. the books Remote and Rework. Yeah, Rework. Uh, the founders, right. Yeah, the, founder, yeah the founders who, who wrote that were very big on uh, – in fact, one of the founders was, was responsible for the Rails part of the Ruby on Rails. I think Ruby was first developed in Japan by a Japanese uh, um, programmer, Mitsu, if I remember correctly. Um, but then the Rails came about as a way of organizing um, um, gems and um, some soft, basically some programming uh, plugins that allows Ruby to work uh, with other programs or other uh, or be used in other situations. Um, um, that basically allows you to build a functional app that's a, that has a lot of functionality, and we're seeing that also with JavaScript as well. Hmm. Um, and also, also machines and so on, or, or like gadgets, isn't that more, right? Basically, basically, yeah, basically in terms of having apps that, that function a little bit more with more than just your laptop. Yeah. Um, you'll hear a lot of discussion about the Internet of Things, yeah. and about how, um, um, you know, for example, I just looked at Google, at the uh, Samsung uh, Gear the smartwatch basically. And so now we're, we're you know, you know we're, we're trying to figure out how do we come up with programming that takes advantage of some of the data that we're able to record and update. And I'll, I'll say from a personal standpoint, it's an exciting time. When I first started Zamana, um, my focus was more on JavaScript, but with respect to the analytics code itself. And that's kind of very specific. That's like repairing a car and saying, I'm going to do the flat tires, but I'm not going to touch the radiator, the engine, transmission, <laughs> and everything else that goes into it. Yeah. Um, the the skill set is changing to where we have to expand, um, and I think as you, and I think it's not only, I think that's a good thing, not only from the standpoint of building a skill set. I think for in terms of honesty, 
Hmm. Um, one of the things that's a challenge for small business owners is that, um, it, you know, how do you vet the technology that you intend to use within your business? And it does get a little complicated. You, you, want, you want to be able to understand how to use a tool, but you don't want to be so overwhelmed that you are now becoming a technology company first instead of being the hairdresser, hmm. instead of being the uh, studio DJ, instead of being the restaurant owner. Um, so it, 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 for me, one of the things that I take some joy in is that, um, you know, I've, I've kind of, I, I don't know, I've been I'm kind of a late techie in life. I was an auto engineer first prior before coming into, uh, doing an MBA and, and then starting in and eventually developing my own business. Hmm. But the idea is, is that I like the fact of learning. I like the fact that I, I learn not only to, um, not only as a necessity to keep up with the latest, but also as a sense of honesty and honor. You have to be, um, you have to develop your skills so that you can contribute. That's the essence of life. Hmm. If you're not doing that, you're missing out. You, you know, it, it doesn't mean it make you an evil person, but it, it, you do end up missing out on something I think that's important. And that's being able to take, take what skill sets you have and find ways to really contribute meaningfully. Yeah, that's that's good. And uh, uh, precede me there uh, around now half time to talk about the trader principles. I think it's a great introduction to that. That you talk about uh, division of labor and talk about your skill sets and how you could trade with others. So uh, that's great. Uh, any any other thoughts on that? Uh, these, as you said, the virtues in in business life and. Uh, on the free market, how you have an exchange of ideas and product and services. I, uh, you, I, you, you've talked before before uh, um, the show here about the book against the machine. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> and copycats yeah. and copycats. Yeah, yeah. we we, we definitely. I, li I like cats, but I don't like copycats. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good phrase. I like that. Um, it, it, I would. Yeah, it it the trader principle. Um, and I'll, I'll try to recap it a little bit um, yep. in case somebody's just kind of jumping in. Um, Anne Rand, did yep. I pronounce that correctly? I hope yeah. I did. Um, like, Ayn, like mine, Rand oh, or Miss Rand. Yeah. Ayn, Ayn Rand, okay, yeah. uh, who wrote Atlas uh, Shrugged, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, also talked a little bit about what was called a trader principle, um, and it was a big advocate of it. Yeah. And it's the idea or concept of, um, you know, it's it's an idea of justice, basically. Uh -huh. The idea yeah. that you are, um, you know, one aspect is that you live by what you earn and not what you and not taking what you've unearned, what you did not uh, deserve to earn. Yeah. And that struck me basically because the way that I've run my business is that um, you know every business owner is going to say ethics is everything, and they, they're mm. they're right to a degree. It is it is the part of it. it Depending on what but kind of it, ethics, but you're right, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, but for analytics, it's also a little bit more critical. Mm -hmm. um, see, when I look at a measurement, when I look at metrics, uh, how many visits to your site, how many of those are new visitors, are they from your customer demographic? Um, when you get into those type of details and you start having discussions about marketing strategy, you cannot, you cannot provide those metrics to a business that's unethical. Huh. You cannot provide those metrics to a business who does not feel that they are living by trader principles, to be honest with you. It's, it's almost contradictory. Yeah. The reason why is kind of almost, it's two reasons to it. One is, is that, um, you know, there's an ethics for you in that you're contributing to something very negative. And I'll be open and honest. There's been, you know, in the years I've done, in the five years I've done work, most of the clients I've had have been, have been terrific. Yeah. Once in a while, we've had one or two clients where we've had to take a real hard look at what they were doing <laughs> yeah. and had to back off of that. In fact, we, I have a clause in, in the contract which state that, you know, if it's, un, you know, if it's unethical or uh, criminal behavior, the contract is immediately terminated hmm. uh, if it's discovered. You can discover a lot with analytics. You, it, the people who are really ethical care about the numbers. They want, they want to get better. They want to engage with people. They want to uh, um, live by the trader principle in a lot of ways. They may not say it, but, but the fact that they're taking an interest is part of it. 
the people who are not, who are, um, you know, they're not, I wouldn't necessarily automatically say, yeah, they're criminal, hmm. but it's telling if they're asking me to come in and try to figure out a number for them that, they, that they're not interested in the result. Yeah. So there, there's an ethics that gets thrown in there. It's an ethics that almost automatically gets thrown in there because you're, in fact, to the point where um, um, a lot of times as a business owner, you have to be careful about, and I've learned this in the five years, you have to be careful about um, if your ethics is great, is great you got to be careful about vetting the people that you associate with. Yep. Um, because what happens is, is that you end up being the front man. You end up being the money launderer in another way, <laughs> in some ways. You end up being the front man for somebody who feels that they don't have to be to an ethical standard. Um you, you, that's that's a dangerous place to be in, and that can take your business out. I've seen that happen a couple of times. I've seen um, there's probably the businesses where I couldn't save. I had to learn this the hard way too. The businesses where an, an analysis could not save, and there was no effort that I or anybody else on the Zamana team could help with. Um, we found that sometimes there were just things that were not right, and it had a lot deeper to do than a bounce rate. It had something deeper to do than understanding how many visits there were to a website. Um, the reason why analytics ties into that is because your customers are reviewing your website online. So your web data technically reflects your business. Huh. It, it just does. So if I get, so going back to my statement again, if you are examining your metrics you care about your business, which means you care about how you connect with people. And part of your connection, your brand, really is the ethics and, and the, um, your sense of justice to the world that you have. You know, what is it that you want to provide? What, what contribution do you want to make? Uh, what is it that you're – I want to understand the metrics that's showing me what I am earning within my business. And that that's how the metrics is tied into. That's why there's like a that's why that's what resonated with me with the trader principle. Um, if I I know I've been talking a little bit, but let me go that's on good. a Keep minute. Of, <laughs> I will. Uh, let me go and let me touch a little bit about the um, uh, uh, against the machine. And this is a book that I did a review for for small business trends. I, I've done reviews for. Um, uh, for small business trends now for about just over four years. It's coming up in five years this December. Congratulations. Um, and it's it's been great. And one of the books that I always try to pick books that will help people think, not just, you know, I like doing the books that talk about analytics. I like doing the books that talks about data, how to use Excel, how to uh, do marketing, how to do accounting. But the books I really like to do are the ones that will help you think. And one of the ones I did early on was this book called Against the Machine. And it's by a social critic, uh, Lee Siegel. Hmm. And Lee talked about the copycat culture, uh, the idea that um, the Internet tends to bolster um, or fo it fosters a lot of free choice and debate in some ways, but it also fosters kind of a – it's almost an assimilation culture, the idea that it – um, sometimes has these sort of, you know, me too. idea and has a me too. Yeah, right. exactly. A me too approach to it. Um, a perfect example that he, he talked about this. And I kind of debated this a little bit in the review, but one of the things he talked about was the idea that uh, in YouTube, you have people who create star, you know, star Trek videos. These are videos that are, you know, yeah, they created a, their own star Trek webisode mm -hmm. series but how original is it? You know, yeah. what is the new thing? You know, are we being original or are we just emulating something that, we, that we've seen? And it's, it's a fair question to ask. Yeah. Um, if, if, the, if the trader principle talks about um, living by what you earn and not taking the undeserved, hmm. how in, on the web, it, that sort of line between deserved and undeserved can be blurred. Um, and so, and, and, and so you have to be, you know, careful about how you, um, as a business owner, how you operate and how, you know, you know, what, what is the line that makes you responsible versus not responsible? Um, I've had to learn that, like I said earlier, I, I've learned from working with clients, what that line needs to be, what that line should not be. Hmm. Um, and it, it's helped me avoid some people who frankly were very fraudulent. Hmm. Doing in, in doing business online, 
um, but it also helped me uh, guide me to customers and clients that were worthwhile to uh, work with. Um, and you have to learn as a business owner that it's not just also working with the people, but it's also the stewardship that you bring. That sense of when people go online, they don't it, going online is almost like like starting like it's like going to the, to the riverbank, trying to trying to nail and understand which is the exact hydrogen oxygen mod, mod, molecule that you need to start with when you touch the water. Hmm. I mean, it can't be done basically. Hmm. So you're because you know the water water spreads to where it goes, hmm. and internet does the same. So you have to kind of you know, and most people when they start, they feel like they're going to a river that there's. There's just you're just wading in, hmm. so you have to be a steward of um, of having a sense of justice and a sense of ethics and how you deal with people online. Um, and I do that for customers and clients, and they and that resonates with them. Um, metrics are important, but it's the action of taking those metrics and tying it to something that where the value is created. And when you do that tie, it needs to tie to something that lets people know that it, there's some originality to it, that there's some um, sense of uh, this is what you've earned, that there's a sense of uh, that's been vetted. And yeah. that vetting process is how you, how, you, how you get to that point. Yeah, ideas in action. And that's why you know, my mission to spread better ideas uh, when it comes to business philosophy and new media. So I, I think it's a great... Um, uh, discussion on that uh, and uh, if you haven't written a blog post on this stewardness and justice and how to uh, how do you say the internet uh, river that would be a great topic I think uh, I, I actually am thinking about doing that we've had a it, it's been a little bit the last the most of the blog posts I've done have been a little bit more technical yeah um, but I'm actually um, Trying to write a few more, and we're getting more into ethics with analytics. Mm. As you know of, we there's the um, uh, privacy is a big, big discussion now. Um, we just talked about the uh, breach on iCloud of uh, nude photos of of Jennifer Lawrence, and I can't yeah. remember. Um, I think Upton, I think is the other yeah. actress. Um, privacy is a big, big deal right now, yeah. um, and businesses suffer through that quite a bit in terms of you know what should we be doing, how we should be going about it. Um, how do we prove that we're being a good steward of the technology that we are advocating? And in analytics, um, the concern is is that most point is is pretty innocuous. It's mostly about technical. Um, how many? You know, the way that you measure vi uh, visits um, to a website is based on JavaScript code. Hmm. Um, it, but now that you can take an analytics um, solution and tie that into other uh, software systems, whether it's CRM, um, whether you can pull, you can now pull data into um, some of the analytics solutions now, it makes it convenient. But it also means that you now have to think about um, how your business is exposed. You know, how to what point are you deducing maybe too much? from the customer that might spook them out. Mm. A great example of this, a great technical example is remarketing. Mm. Uh, when Google introduced remarketing uh, for AdWords, this is the um, feature you line where you go to a website, the ad is, um, you leave that website maybe to go check something else out, but you see an ad reminding you of, yeah. of, the, of the website you can't, you've uh, been at, and so then you go back to that website to ad. So it's supposed to be a reminder of the service that you may have been interested in, and the benefit to the business is that it increases the um, uh, conversion rate. It increases the amount of chances that you will get a sale. Yep. Well, in the process of doing remarketing, Google also advocates um, developing a privacy policy and that everybody has to have that on their website. In fact, I'm in the process now of updating the Zamana website um, to, to incorporate a remarketing uh, campaign and having a, um, um, uh, the uh, uh, privacy policy a little bit more upfront and uh, clear. The reason why that's important is because the remarketing ads can also show, you know, it's the fact that the ads are not just in front of a laptop. They can also show on a mobile device. Hmm. It's the fact that you are, you know, you want your customers to understand, you know, 
that your interest is in reminding them how great your business is. And it's yeah. not in trying to get trying to cross the personal boundary. Yeah. And you'll see that not only with Google, but uh, Twitter. When we talked about the Twitter ads, for example, yeah. that also, there's also a call to have a privacy policy there as well. So you're going to see a little bit more. As more companies advertise, they're probably going to be a little bit more uh, as a default um, coming up with ways of being more upfront with their privacy policy. Hmm. And that, that so privacy and a lot of the um, concerns about the internet are starting to hit analytics uh, as well because we we see that because we know that our tool is is a you know this analytics solution is a great tool but it is also has to be used responsibly and you have to be a good steward of the technology that's at hand. That's right. Uh, and now when we talked about this book, I will uh, do another message here from Audible Trial. So for you, the listeners of uh, EgoNetCast podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And maybe, Pierre, we could include some of your suggestions or book reviews you have done in the past, if that's okay with you. Um, I, I, that's okay with, that will be okay with me. And I, I'm sure I can't, I know, um, in all honesty, I know Anita is the, she's the owner of small biz trends. Yep. So I'll, I'll ask her about that. I'm sure she would love to, you, you've interviewed her before. So she's a great interview. Yep. Um, so it, it, I'm sure that <laughs> I usually try not to speak for people, but I, I think, I think that would be okay. Sure, it would be so that's good. Anyway, <laughs> we could be because that could be good to, to link to small business trends and your reviews there, and uh, then people could um, choose if I want to support this show uh, to click there on the free trial and test out the books. And I will do that in the future, also, my favorite books. Uh, the show, so. And maybe what we can do is, um, I know for Zamana blog, there's, we do a couple of recaps. If, if, um, if, if we'll have a blog or something that, may, that will allow maybe a couple of clips as well, yep. or links as well. So that, 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 that might be even easier too. Yeah, so, sounds good. So. Uh, and talking about that on books, uh, your future plans of uh, reviews, and uh, also if you have suggestions on future guests or topics and books that have inspired you in some way, we talked about this. Book then against the machine. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that was one of them. I I, I tried to do um um uh, you know I, I always give credit to Anita because she was the one that really kind of got the book reviews thing started, and yep. then Ivana Taylor. Uh, Ivana has been just you know a, a, a tornado of terrific. Yep. If I had yeah. to use a phrase, yeah. I, I I attended uh, a Google Hangout with her and Rhonda. Uh, a few days ago, when they did uh, cronuts, have you have you had that? A croissant uh, and a donut in one. Uh, no, I have not. Had, I've not tried a cronut before. No. Um, so so we watched me... them making them, and after that, they give, gave some great small business uh, tips on marketing and 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 so on. So it was a, yeah. a nice combo. Yeah, uh, she yeah she knows how, she has a good eye for uh, combining um, uh, do-it-yourself marketing and, yeah. and uh, great tips. And I'll, I'll say this from the book reviews and everything. We've what I tried to do um, when um, Anita asked me to start doing the book reviews. We tried to keep a mix of um, um, purposely keep a mix of some really straightforward books on you know how to do better in accounting, how to hmm. do better in marketing, how to do better in finance. We also try to get some books that I, I felt that would help people think a little bit more. Um, you know, outside of this one, for example, there's another one called Hallowing Out the Middle. Mm -hmm. It's a social book that talks about the, um, uh, you know, the idea that uh, small towns in middle America, how they've uh, struggled economically and a lot, they usually struggle from a brain drain. Mm -hmm. Their best and brightest end up moving towards the bright lights of the big cities like, you know, New York and Chicago, that type of thing. Um, yeah. And the we try to do these books because we want people to think a little bit more beyond just the immediate um, uh, the immediate you know how to do a task. Hmm. The purpose behind reading, I shared this with you earlier, and I'll, I'll share this with your your your, your listeners. Yeah. The yeah. purpose behind reading is to help surface. Uh, this comes from an NPR. Um, there's another book I'm going to try and see if, if I can get some information on, but this came from an NPR segment. I thought this was a very well phrased 
uh, description of reading versus video. And we are in a video world because of online. But the idea for reading is to surface a lot of your thoughts and your uh, intentions and feelings such that you can reconsider them. And you do it in a way that's different than video. Video is meant for short messages. Audio is meant for, for short messages in some ways, too. Reading lets you sit and think and go through your thoughts. And they were, in fact, the person who did the NPR segment um, and the book, and I forgive me, I just don't remember the book off the bat. I'm drawing a blank. Um, one of the things that came out is a study that came out that talked about you know, how we think differently. Our brain basically gets rewired in a lot of ways, uh, reading a digital media versus reading a paper book in some ways. Um, not bad, but definitely just different. And we, it, it sparks a discussion of how do you approach things? Um, so I would say, you know, from, you know, for the reviews and things that I try to do, and this is a tip I would give to any small business owner is, um, be a good steward of reading and learning. In other words, recognize that you, you need to be able to have, um, it's going to be a struggle. I'm not going to say it's easy, but you have to recognize when, you know, you got to start um, having some corner or some sense of, of a, um, um, of a information center. You know, every business needs to have that now. Um, technology and the avail has, has spread the availability of information. Uh, but that information still needs to be refined and vetted against what your strategy is and what your overall objectives are. Um, for a big company, that might mean a team of people who do analytics and business intelligence. But for a small business, it it really can be if you're, if you're a solo practitioner or you have a few people on hand, that may be you know sharing some ideas through books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting ready to re- do a book uh, review on um, from a gentleman based here in Chicago, Frank Gruber, um, startup mixology, and um, he it's it's basically his. Um, take on things that that impact a business that's in an incubator because he's run an incubator hmm. um so it, it's you you need these sort of resources i think as a small business owner um i've done the book reviews more as a service to others um but it's also helped me refine my thought process enough and help me to um that spurred on ideas and ways to and ways to uh, contribute to other um, sites in terms of writing on analytics and not just writing just on the metrics, but also writing on the ideas behind the metrics. So, so there you go. That, that's a, that's a, that's the thought I have about that in terms of reviews. Yeah, that's great. And, and I did a book review of Tim Sanders' book, and he talked about the concept love cat and the importance of reading books and hardcovers books, especially, and yeah. and what it makes with you and, and your. I mean, thinking capacity and so on, and development. So yeah. that's that's great. And uh, here also, I want to mention that in addition, you had uh, done some uh, speciality projects, such such as being a technical editor or, uh, for the personal slash Q publications, and uh, developing analytics metrics uh, metrics white paper for Pitney Bowes. Isn't that the company that did with stamp stamp uh, stamping <laughs> machines? Yeah. And they yes. are a, they are a high tech company. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I yes. know because I've seen them online. So they have done it. Uh, very interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, and this actually the, the thanks for this actually goes to Melinda Emerson, um, yeah. small biz lady. She was the one that um, uh, they had. Uh, they she asked me um, to join her. Um, this was back about 2010, basically. Hmm. Uh, do um, a, a series of analytics articles and a series of um, um, actually I wouldn't say series a series of analytics articles and one and a white paper that would help um, in terms of uh, explaining what the basic metrics are of web analytics. Mm. Um, so occasionally I get specialty projects. Um, a lot of the writing that I've done has led to um, other writing on anal- not just on analytics, but also being a technical editor. You mentioned about Pearson uh, Q. I was re- I, I had the privilege of being a technical editor editor for two of their books, and I had to go back and um, by doing that, I had to go back and take a look at uh, each chapter and update and then vet and make sure that the information was right or or question or or um, 
help in terms of editing. So that was that was a privilege to do that. That was a lot of fun. Um, we we do. I have not done anything yet in terms of technical on apps as of yet, but that is coming. Like I mentioned before, um, you know, we've JavaScript training and Ruby training has been part of the uh, background over the over the past year, bit bit by bit. And that act that part, I'm, I'm actually waiting to do more stuff with with GitHub, um, and to do a little bit more uh, online projects, a little bit more t on the technical side, uh, quite a bit over the next year or so. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. And I could inform my listeners here of Ego Netcast. Uh, I'm using uh, the service called Libsyn, Liberated Syndication. And there, in the future, I will be able to, to get uh, my own podcast app for the show that people could download and then they search on it. So, because that's the challenge to explain how they use iTunes or how they search for a podcast. But then you could say, I have an app also, I have a podcast app. Uh, so, that, that's interesting to see this development also. Mm -hmm. uh, and talking about this giveaway, and do you have any things that you want to? direct uh, listeners, readers, and fans of Ego Podcast uh, on Facebook is uh, facebook.com forward slash Ego Podcast and Ego Netcast. Uh, this white paper of uh, from uh, Pitney Bowers, is that public or was it internally for them as a company? Or? That, that is public. You can go to uh, Pitney Bowers has a um uh, segment on small business that you can uh, you can do a Google search and check out that yep. has great tips. On um, small business, if you type it, um, um, that's one area you can check out. If you're if you like to learn more on analytics, um, allanalytics.com is a great spot, uh, great analytics community that talks quite a bit about uh, big data um, and analytics solutions. A little bit, they they talk a little bit about some of the corporate solutions out there, but they also talk about some of the industries and what's going on within. Uh, the analytics solutions. I've written a number of articles for them as well as done a number of videos for them, video segments. Um, another one, uh, SAAS in the Enterprise, that talks more about uh, software as a service, uh, cloud, and they're starting to talk a little bit more about IoT, the Internet of Things. Um, I've done a few videos for them just this year. Um, that's also a great uh, place to look um, for um, tech information. Um, another spot you want to check out is Solution uh, Providers for Retail. This is a site um, that, uh, that talks a little bit about retail uh, issues. I've written analytics articles for them as well. And, but if you're interested more in Zamana and if you're a small business, um, you may want to check out uh, Zamana um, on the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, I respond there um, um, periodically and give updates um, relative to uh, paid search and digital marketing on this on the Facebook page. Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, Google Plus, which we have a page, and we're still kind of working it working out a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to work out a little bit more in terms of content and also in terms of how to automate it just a little bit to make it a little easier to share with everybody. Um, but we are also looking at shared developer information in terms of uh, meetups, uh, little things that I learned along the way. You can go to go. Check out Zamana on Google Plus, yeah. and then, of course, as you mentioned earlier, the Twitter feed at Zamana Analytics uh, is where we share posts from Zamana blog as well as other posts re relating to analytics. And of course, there's Zamana blog if you like to <laughs> to get something direct from Zamana blog. That yeah. is as much fun as well too. That's that's great. So you could uh, spell it out uh, on the podcast here, also the URL for for your. Uh, hub there. Yes. So that, that's that's great. So we'll put that in the show notes also. Uh, anything else here? Uh, end note or any thoughts? It'd be great to have a, this talk with you, uh, Pierre, and also um, previous also in the, before the podcast started. Um. Let's see. Other stuff I could. <laughs> There's probably a lot of stuff I could say uh, off the top. Um. And it's still early morning here, yeah. so I'm actually <laughs> so so I'm, I'm I, I think the biggest thing on analytics I, I hear from people all the time like yes I know I should have an analytics tag most businesses add it but they don't really know where to start the simplest thing I always start I always tell people is think about the objective of the business and then mm. how you can represent it within the reporting 
Um, marketing is a big part of digital marketing is a requirement now in trying to grow your business because the majority of your customers will search for you online. Um, develop your marketing. Then use the analytics to help measure that marketing. Measure it over time. Uh, that's one of the best ways of trying to uh, figure out what a trend is. Even if you have a few hundred uh, visits in a month, you can still learn quite a bit from that data. It doesn't. You, you, the idea is not to wait until there's thousands. Hmm. Sometimes it's just about trying to trying to understand what those few visitors are doing. Um, that will give you some ideas of how to grow for the next few and for the next few and so on. Um, um, that I would say. And then oh. Here's a little tip. I'm going to give you one quick tip here on the side. Hmm. Uh, we talked a lot about ethics and everything else. Yep. Be leery of people who come up and try to sell you Facebook fans, Twitter yeah. fans, Instagram you mentioned fans. It. I, I had that as a question. Oh, oh, Martin, we could have a t we could have another two hour discussion yep. <laughs> on that. It is really a sore point. Yep. Um, I'm seeing more and more of it. It's yeah. basically another black hat um, yeah. tactic. It's an extension of black hat tactics from SEO that has now, of course, reached social media. Hmm. You can, it is possible to grow people naturally. I, for Zamana, we have about maybe, we have 3,000, 3,100 people hmm. following on Zamana. None of those were bought. None of them were um, acquired through anything else other than just good old-fashioned engagement. Yeah. It, the problem that... Um, that comes from that is as an ethics problem. You oh. you you're trying to take a shortcut for something that probably um, um, really becomes overhead. Yep. It really does. It's not just buying the visitors. It's also about engagement and getting them to retain. Mm. I can I can go into a Facebook page and almost can tell off the bat when people have just bought folks. Yep. Um, so avoid that at all costs. That's not it's not worth your money. No. It's not worth your time. You can do, you what you want your social media to do is to engage people between the time that you first meet them, whether it's through uh, in in offline through a, a meetup, or whether it's through an ad, and try to engage them to can help them consider your product or service. Use your social media to brand to engage. There's companies that use social media as as a um, as as a as a tool for customer service, hmm. use this as the intermediary step, and you'll find that you'll have real engagement, not something that you bought from from Joe Schmo down the street <laughs> that has no ethics and no uh, honor in what they're doing. Very good uh, tip and advice, and uh, and a good virtue. So and 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 one more, and I'll, I'll let me share one short thought. You know. uh, one more, and this is more general. Um, as we become, as our society um, incorporates technology, uh, we're getting ready to be in the age of the Internet of Things. Um, I mentioned before um, how analytics, you, you, you become the sort of steward of, you know what, I don't want to say steward of justice. That may sound a little more serious and uh, cartoony than anything. Mm. There's kind of some stewardship that has to go in there. Um, we need to think more critically about how our technology is used. Um, and that's not just in terms of being online. Uh, all the episode about Ferguson, um, the uh, unrest that happened in Missouri uh, a few weeks ago with the um, uh, with the shooting of a uh, young black teenager. Part of the discussion that got raised, for example, is the equipment that the police had access to. Some of this was leftover equipment that um, you know police departments across the U.S. have access to um, leftover equipment from the Pentagon that was meant to address um, terrorist threats. Hmm. The problem is, is that now you're seeing that equipment being used in situations that are not necessarily terrorist. Yep. Um, so it raises a question of, you know, again, this is not a fault of the Pentagon, or I'm not, I'm not trying to fault anyone in here, but it should raise a question of, um, as we have this sort of as technology, whether it's a, uh, a gun or a computer, um, we have to, you know, these things are, are being designed to last longer hmm. and operate longer in, in a lot of cases. And we have to be more stewards about how that technology is disposed, how that technology is, um, you know, what can happen if that technology gets in the hands of somebody else. Hmm. Um, we, it, it's, it's, a, it's a different world that we're living in right now. We, we have to think more critically about what we want to leave behind.
So I'll say that, and that's my that's my two cents. Yeah, thanks, Pierre. It was a great pleasure to talk to you and uh, talk to you soon again. And uh, the listeners and readers that could go to www.egonetcast.com, and on Twitter it's egonetcast, and you of course could follow me on Lyceum. And please again, as uh, and uh, Pierre. Uh, mention where people could follow you on Twitter. They can find me on Twitter on um, through the Zamana Twitter handle Zamana Analytics. Great. Z, that's Z as in Zoo, yep. I as in Indiana, M as in Mary, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy, A as in Apple. Analytics, all work. Great. Thanks, uh, Pierre, and talk to you soon again. Thank you, Martin. This has been a tremendous pleasure. I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.